With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, my name is Ali Vignon, coach of the Flyers. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hi, I'm Matt Niskanen. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hi, it's Derek Grant. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Oh, yes, no, maybe so. Welcome into the Press Row Show, and <sighs> I mean, what's there to say? Well, I, I, here's what to say. Here's what I'm going to say. Um, you know, before before the game, I published a um, list of the <laughs> 16 uh, previous Game Sevens in Flyers history. Mm-hmm. And ranked them sixteen to one. If I was to rewrite that list today and rank them seventeen to one, tonight would be number seventeen. Yep. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, just not. Uh, not a game that you want to fondly remember by any stretch of the imagination. I, so. you know. I went back and I, I looked at the, the comments and everything from the second intermission that we didn't get to because we were yelling about uh, uh, battling about semantics. And amid all of the the uh, really upset and, and like quasi depressed comments that were coming across were were people who were like, I guess, genuinely appreciative of the fact that like we do the show. And, you know, you know me, I, I'm always one to give ourselves a pat on the back. But. You know, you think about the amount of people who who check into this show over the course of I don't know, like what five or five social media channels, um, the scope and the breadth of of people that watch the show from legitimately all over the world, and I think it's fair to say that there is going to be disappointment, and I I get why, and I think more than anything, it's disappointing to see it all end. With the series having bookended uh, shutouts, that's a bad feeling. That this didn't go back and forth in a Game 7. It didn't feel like a competitive Game 7. It never really felt like the Flyers got into it for one of a million different reasons, I'm sure. But when you look back on what we expected the season to be, preseason, versus what this team ended up giving us, especially down the stretch, what they gave us during the round robin that they were able to pull out a series that they really should have won in more convincing fashion against the Canadians. They look dead in the water in this series, even though they, they probably shouldn't have been if this, if the season had continued on and, and these teams met in the playoffs, I think the flyers might've taken it, but they did fight back from a three, one deficit. They got to a game seven. They gave us a thrill in game six and double OT. I don't like being the guy to sit back and say like, Hey, this is fine because it's not like you, you want to see your team win the Stanley cup or at least get closer to competing for it. 
But if you take everything into account, I don't know. Is it fair to crucify the team now? Maybe. Maybe some people want to do that. We, I think, got our yelling out in the second intermission. I look at this now and I say, all right, this in theory, and I, I really hate the concept of this is the start of the window because one bad injury, we saw what happened. 2010 was supposed to be the opening of a window. Two trades get made and Chris Pronger's careers ended. And within two years, that window was shut, slammed, and well, locked. It, in fairness, what we thought, what we thought that window was going to be, the the when that window closed because of the Brzgalov contract. Well, that was in all in all honesty. That no, was no, no, but I'm saying reason. okay. So then, then put those three things together, and that closed it. So I I don't want to be the guy who like sits here and says, hey, but like on a realistically, if we go into this and we say, all right, this team wouldn't have gone into the playoffs as the number one seed, and if you think okay, they would have been a top four team. Fair. This is a good set of experiences for a lot of young players on this team. Travis Sanheim, Phil Myers are both going to learn, especially from this series. Travis Konechny, assuming that you've been right the whole time, has been nursing an injury. And honestly, you kind of have to hope that that's what this was because him laying a goose egg is not a good look. Oscar Lindblom came back nine months removed from a cancer diagnosis and only two months after finishing chemotherapy. Carter Hart had great moments, had some moments that you would expect from a young goalie. You can look at enough of this team now and say, yeah, there's stuff to build around. They're in cap. Like they are up against the cap. Decisions are going to have to be made. There are going to be some tough calls to make in the off season, but there are things that are worth building around. Are they an elite team right now? No. With some tweaks, could they be a competitive team in the top four again next year? Sure. So let's go to the comments. Let's see what people have to say. See this? I'm taking like a nice, uh, nice calm tone. Sean says, I I vote we as Philadelphia sports fans uh, raise Scotiabank Arena to the ground. (laughs) You know, it's the first time they've ever lost a series there. Last time they played a last time they played a playoff series there, they uh, they won it there. In, yeah, uh, I overtime think, magic. I think this is kind of coming they back are. to the fact that last year in, in a uh, Eastern Conference semifinal, the Sixers uh, fell to the Raptors on the many bounced shot from uh, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, it's all right. What's disappointing it. is I think the Islanders uh, lightning series is going to suck. I think that the Flyers would have given Tampa a better run and it would have been a more aesthetically pleasing series. Well, but this this is going to... And I agree with you on that. And the reason I say that, not that I thought that the Flyers could beat Tampa. I mean, Tampa, I thought, was the team going to the final the whole time. Um, but the Flyers can at least play that game with Tampa, yeah. whereas the Islanders are going to try and play a defensive game against them. And it's, I mean, you know, they'll be in games. But once Tampa gets a lead on them, Tampa's defense is very good. I mean, people don't realize how good Tampa's defense is. Tampa's defense is very good, and the Islanders don't have the the scorers to match them. And that's why I don't I don't think it's a long series. I really don't. Um, I think the I mean I don't think they're gonna get blown out. I don't think it's gonna be you know five one games by any stretch of the imagination. But I do think that the and I realize I say that a lot, don't I? What by any stretch of the imagination? You do. You say a lot of things. Yeah, you got to point them out to me so I can try and stop. Right. Um, but I do think that the that Tampa is going to win that series quick. 
Fireball Paul says Windows just opening. We'll be back next year. I agree. It's possible. Metal to the end says sadness again. Sad since 75. Yeah, and that's the thing that I think that people get caught up in and hung up in is it's, oh, it's been 45 years since they won the Stanley Cup. You're right. It's been 45 years since they won. They've been to the final six times since then and failed all six times. It's it's not easy to win. It's just not. I mean, it, it really, I mean, yeah, there used to be a time when when there were um, dynasties, you know, the Canadians and the Islanders and the Oilers, if you go from the 70s and 80s. But really, I mean, since then, how many have there been? There really haven't. You know, a team wins the Stanley Cup one year and the next year they're bounced. And who knows when they win it again? I mean, yeah, you know, the Blackhawks won three, the Kings won two, and the and the Penguins won a couple in there. I mean, they did win three, but not like close together. Um, but other than that, I mean, really, I mean, it's it's not easy to win this thing. It's just not. You, you got to get there. And this team was never a Stanley Cup winning team. This team was a, a contender. And I think that you know, losing Game Seven of the second round makes you a contender. You know, but that doesn't doesn't mean that it's over, right? It's just not it's not over. I mean, for this team, this team's just getting started. I think I think we're going to be having a long summer next summer as well, Russ. So just get ready or spring, I guess it would be long spring. If uh, I don't know if this is going to make anybody feel better, Elaine Vigneault hasn't talked to his team yet. He's meeting with the media right now. Just said he hasn't talked to the group. And said that the will was there, but the uh, the jump in the game wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep, here we are. That's what I was. I don't know why you'd listen to any other show. Arguing. We pretty much talked about that second intermission. So. Yeah, we did. Um, and of course, you know, some of the people who don't cover the team ever, 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 but work for big outlets are now checking into the uh, the press conference for the first time ever and asking stupid questions. So I think we're glad we're not there. That's All right. right. Um, Jen checks in and says, my head hurts, but I'm excited for the future of the team. They're young and talented. Should be, Jen. Sean says, two game seven, round two losses in two straight years. Yeah, he's talking about the Toronto thing. Yeah. Spinning uh, my wheels through life says, why didn't Navy challenge the empty netter? (laughs) They're spinning. He's back. Sean D says, that was pathetic performance, but probably the correct result given the Isles effort. I mean, so I saw somebody, and I don't even remember who it was, but somebody put on Twitter, and I in th- in thinking about it, he's probably right. Said it was the most lopsided seven game series in the history of hockey. And whether I don't I don't know if that's a hundred percent true, but it it was one of the most lopsided seven game series I've ever remembered. Yeah. Uh crap! I just lost my. There we go. Sorry. Uh, rough end. But heads up, guys. Bright future. That's so Snipper. Flyer. Snipper. You rock. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this, by the way. We got a DM from a, a longtime listener who wanted to compensate us via Venmo, which we have to respond to. I think it was really sweet. Very kind, but totally unnecessary. Just glad that people enjoy the show. Jeffrey Mealy says, uh, I like how you don't respond to that. You're all about the uh, the Benjamins. And I'm just sitting over here like, oh, it's for the no, love of the game. I, I don't care either Jeff- way. Jeffrey Mealy says, the uh, better team won. Let's hope for a better run next year. Thanks, guys. Absolutely, Jeff. And thanks for checking in and finding us and you know, I haven't, like I said, I haven't talked to Jeff Mealy in a couple decades, and for him to find uh, find the show and and become part of it, it's it's really cool to catch up with him. Uh, enjoyed the run, boys, except for tonight, says Steve. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I'm, that's a, that's completely understandable. 
Penny Lynn, not very happy. And Penny is a very happy person on Facebook, often very upbeat and positive, but it's just not feeling she just great. Wants to end the show, huh? She's not, she's just not feeling great about this one. I, I get a Penny. I get mm-hmm. it. Chris Mezza says the way they lost the game hurt uh, to battle all the way back to play eight minutes and quit is awful. I think it's not that they quit. I think that that's all they had. Yeah. I mean, really? I mean, I mean, you heard, you heard Jonesy say it. Um, they ran out of gas and I, and that's, that's Jonesy doesn't have another way of putting it. I mean, he's got to get it in in like five seconds because they got to get back to play by play. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, when, when you hear him say something like that, it means that it's he's been told it. He's been told that they don't have it. That the coach, the coaches know that they just don't have it. And you know they're going to give it their best shot. And we just lost Russ. I don't know where he went. <laughs> I'm right here. I, just, I had to go oh. off camera for a second. Oh, okay. I was like, I thought you disappeared. Oh, um, man, come on. You think I would leave you? You think I would trust you with the show? <laughs> come on, man. You think I'd trust you? Get no, but I mean, when you hear Jonesy say that, that means that someone from the team has has told him. Broadcasters don't just throw that out there. Yeah, right? they they've been told, so they know that they didn't have the legs necessary to beat this team in Game Seven, which That's is it. a shame. But like it is what it is, right? Yeah. Um. All right. Jordan Taflin says after the game, look at the bright side. Yeah, there's no bright side. Uh, I disagree. I want everybody to just get it out. Let this well, be. Can, like let this out. be. Yeah. Let this be your release. And by the way, don't forget later this week. No, not well. I mean, it's going to be this week. We'll do an episode of Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, People's Podcast, Players Podcast, Prognosticators Podcast, Presidential Podcast, PLA Podcast, Pampers Podcast, the only Flyers Podcast, Apple Podcasts, well, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Music, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Music, Google Podcasts. Go ahead. What? Here's the good thing, right? What? And, what? Um, considering normally that you know the second round would end what the second week of May. Yep. Roughly, right? That's mm-hmm. about when it would end, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would have all of June. Well, we would have about a month and a half off. Then we'd have the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'd have free eight, start of free agency beginning of July. And then we would have July, August, and September. Pretty much nothing. I mean, yep. late September, you start getting a couple preseason games, right? Yep. Um, but uh, um, anyway, uh, so you get you have that. Um, and then you've got the season starting. The, the bright side for us is October is the draft yep. and free agency. Yep. And then training camp starts in November. Yep. It's like we're really not going to – we're getting a break, but it's a short break. And by the way, like if we were able to get the people that we got during the quarantine for Snow the Goalie, yeah. I mean, we could run down the, the list. It was It was a pretty darn good list. We got Pronger. Yeah. Deneen, Poulin, Briere, Knubel, Hitchcock, Baruby. Who am I missing? No, there's a there, lot. There, there were others. I think we'll get some people again. We'll get some I more. Think, you know, maybe we can I, do a little bit more of that. Tell us your story stuff, and um, and uh, and then you know, you know, when we have some off weeks, and then beyond that, um, you know, maybe we'll we'll start. We'll hopefully be able to start to get players again once they're back in in the Philadelphia market and they're yep. built and the flyers PR people are handling things and not the league. Yep. You know who we'll get? We'll get Mike Keenan. <laughs> Did I tell you that Mike Keenan, um, sent me an email? No, he didn't. All right, let's keep going. Nick Rotinda <laughs> says, uh, I want to thank, Oh, 
I want to thank Russ and Anthony for giving us Snow the Goalie podcast and Press Row Show. You guys are awesome. Where can I show some financial love? Nick, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's very kind of you. Donate it to donate it to a charity. Put it in our name. That'll be good. There you go. But I appreciate it. That's give the second it, give person. Give it the Flyers charities. That's the second person now who's, uh, yeah, yeah, donate to like the Flyers charities and then put, you know, it was you, but then also put the name of the podcast. That'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. See how they. All right. Um, Chris Sarbum says this is the worst game seven, Ant. Like you said, it would be this number 17 of all the 17 uh, game sevens. Absolutely. And we can say that we covered it, Anthony. Just <laughs> well, I've, Conte- covered, I've covered hey, a few others. Look at this one. Antonio Conte's wig. That was the worst game seven of all time. Do you know who Antonio Conte is or no? Mm, Famous no. soccer manager. Of course you wouldn't know. No. Jack K. Their brutal uh, power play and weak play financially, or f- sorry, finally caught up to them. So disappointing. I The power play, there's going to have to be changes made, right? Like I, I don't know if there's going to be a coaching staff change no unless unless mike yo michelle Terrian, if if one of them goes for a head coaching gig well, somewhere right right if, if one of them gets offered a head coaching job that's a different story but yeah it's uh, uh, that aside this team this coaching staff is going to stay together and because i want you to think about this let's flash back to last summer yeah Okay, to not even I mean, you can even go a year ago. Like if we went back to the when we were having our show Labor Day weekend, uh, I believe we were on 610 at that time. Yeah. Um, and we did a show on Labor Day talking about the Flyers. Um, let, let's say we go back to that. And what, what did we say then? I mean, we were looking at this as kind of like a retooling year. We were saying that the Flyers were going to be, you know, probably maybe a, maybe a fringe playoff team. Fringe playoff team. Like things all broke well. Right. Yeah. If things had to break well. We had to, you know, they had to get assimilated to the coach and everything else. They're, I think they're a year ahead of themselves. Okay. In a sense. And like, yeah. like, like, I don't think that if you asked Chuck Fletcher in September of last year, where do you think your team will be, you know, by the end of the season mm-hmm. and he was being honest obviously pub- if you ask him publicly he'd say well our our goal is to make win the stanley cup every year right but if you honestly just had like a sat down had a beer with him wasn't for publication anywhere and just said you know what, what's your expectation his expectation would have been to make the playoffs yeah and to be competitive in the playoffs that would have been his expectation well they did that yep so i mean I, you know that's good now now I think that the now you know we talk about did we raise the bar too high with this team this year, and we warned against that a little bit, right? We before yeah, this whole thing started, we, we warned against that. Don't you know it's cool to be excited about the team and hope they do well, but don't have an expectation that's too high because then you might end up being really mad and really upset at the end, which I think yeah. a lot of people are today. But I'll tell you, moving forward now, the expectation level does go up. We're yeah. no longer. It's no longer just about, hey, make the playoffs, maybe win a round, and be excited about it. Next season, you have to be better. You know, it is it is dangerous though, if you want to do the cross board comparison. Like the Sixers were in a similar position where, I think they accelerated it by making a couple of moves. They might have moved themselves, uh, maybe a year ahead of schedule, and then things kind of blew up on them. If if Chuck Fletcher makes any panic moves, which I don't think he will, he, he he's won't. not he's not the panic move kind of guy. You do run the risk that you could adversely affect next season. 
Um, I, the problem that I think this team is going to run into, and it's something that we will have to see how it works out. The flat cap is going to be an issue. Yeah. I think moving certain salaries is going to be hard. We talked well, about, you know, like Shane Gostas bear is a four and a half million dollar salary. He's still a guy that I think even in this postseason flashed some of the upside that you can sell another team on and you can sell the idea of a change of scenery on, but you so, do have, to, but you do have to wonder for some of these teams, if, if fans aren't allowed in and there's no gate revenue, you do kind of wonder like how many teams are going to look to make a move for a guy that has a decent enough size salary. So I, you know, you want to look around the league. Okay. And you sit there and say, well, who's got some cap space, right? Who might be able to finagle things around and the teams at the bottom um, that you could talk to. I mean, the flyers don't usually make trades within the division, but New Jersey's got a lot of cap room. Yep. Ottawa is a rebuilding team, mm-hmm. um, but they're going to have two high draft picks this year, and you know they're going to they're going to try and so maybe like Ottawa is a team that you sit there and say, hey, they'll take a chance on a on a Gostas Bear because they can they can he's still youngish, and by yeah. the time they get good again, you know he might be part of that uh, organization there. Um, you try and see where does a JVR fit, and I don't know. Like that's the one that's. To me, that's hard to figure out. Oh, seven million dollars too. Yeah, it's seven million, which is going to be hard to do with the cap. But you want to think that a team that would take on JVR would be a team that is a contender and maybe could fit him in in a role. Yeah, that, that makes sense and would and has somebody um, that they could give up some some salary back. You know, and and you know, I I don't know. I mean, like. Like I, I look around and I'm trying to figure out, you know, what the situation is, and you know, I, I look at a, I look at a team like like Colorado, for example. Like Nemesnikov comes off their comes off their books, and so does Matt Nieto. I mean, but that's not a lot of money. They have a few RFAs as well, um, yeah. you know. But maybe you t- maybe they're willing to, you know, have you take a, a contract back. You know, would you would you take I don't know. Would you take a contract? I don't know if you if if you would. I, yeah, I uh, let's I mean, let's save it. I mean, I, I there's a lot to. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities out there with that, but that's going to be the tougher one. I think Gossip Bear can be moved to a team with with some space. I'm not sure that JVR can, unless you unless you overpay in draft pick compensation. You know who I think is. Takes it. You know, one guy who I think is is going to probably take some of this to heart, and it is going to. <sighs> I'd like to see Morgan Frost on the team next year, but he's got a lot of work to do in the weight room to get there Mm -hmm. as an upside guy, as somebody that, that you want to see that can be a creative playmaking guy that, that could definitely impact this team for the next eight years. Morgan Frost trying to make the team next year, I think is going to be big. One guy that I know people are for some reason counting on, the team having back next year is Nolan Patrick. And I don't know how to say this to people. I was right. I told you, <laughs> I told you before the you, season, you don't know how to tell people you're right. I, I mean, told, that happens a lot. I told you before the season, he wasn't going to play a game this year. I am not downplaying his disorder. I have family members who also suffer from migraine disorders. I myself suffer from migraines though not 
to the extent that that he clearly is. If if part of your plan is to go into next season expecting him to play 3C for you, that is a bad plan. That is a plan that is not it's a volatile plan. And it quite frankly is something that you just you They're not going to sign him. He he's an RFA. You don't think they're going to they're not going to tender him an offer? They're just going to I think that it's he's part of a trade. Interesting. I, I think he's part of a trade beforehand and let the other team sign whatever they want to sign him to. Wow. I think that that's what's going to happen with Patrick. And I think that, that that could be the, you know, you say to somebody, all right, well, look, you want Nolan Patrick? You think you can work that? All right, you got to take JVR's contract. Ooh. Or maybe, five, you know, we'll pay you $2 million of it. You got to take $5 million of it. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Take on five okay. million. Like something like that. Like I think that that's, you know, and I know that that's kind of dismissing Patrick as an asset, but I, I think that this team's done with him. Wow. Completely. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, I, like, I, like, I think that that's something that you're going to see. I think that's where Chuck's going to try and get creative. It will be interesting, but man, you look at the guys taken around him. The, well, yeah. The guys, the guys taken directly after him. Yeah. I mean, again, uh, you know, we had this conversation. I know that there were scouts in the t- on the team who told Hextall that they liked Heiskanen and Makar better than Patrick. Now, Pedersen, I mean, there was conversation about him, but I, I still think that they thought, okay, Patrick ahead of Pedersen. I think that one maybe, you know, they were all kind of on board with Patrick as the best forward available. Yeah. But there were scouts in the organization who felt that Heiskanen and Makar were so such good choices that they would have been better than any of your young prospect defensemen who were coming better than Sanheim, better than Myers, better than Haig, obviously. Um, I, I'm not certain that they believed that they, that either of them were going to be better than Provorov, but yep. they felt like he was a top pair guy Yep, that they both were top pair guys. And if they would have picked one of them, they would have been thrilled. And Hextall felt like he had enough NHL caliber depth in the system. On defense, uh, and went instead with a forward. It would have been interesting because I, I don't necessarily know, like if New Jersey would have taken Nolan Patrick. I'm not sure that the Flyers were as all in, as all in on Heisher. Yeah, I I never had that conversation, so I don't know. That if New Jersey would have taken Patrick, would the Flyers have taken Heeshear, or would they have gone with one of the defensemen, or would they have taken Pedersen, one or the other? Like, I, so I, th- that's an interesting thing too. So New Jersey kind of threw a wrench in it on that as well. So, by the way, it finally got announced. We kind of knew this, but Couturier uh, was playing with a spray named MCL. Yeah, that's why I said pregame. I couldn't. I was told off the record, and that's why I said pregame that it was a similar, if not identical injury to what happened in 2018. Yep. That was why I said what I said. So, yep. yeah, I was told not to report it, but that's what it was. Yep. Um, all right. We have people here who are now weighing in and, and are very upset. Uh, <laughs> mentioning that Nolan Patrick and JVR is the, uh, the curse of the number two overall pick for the flyers. Yeah. Um, the only difference, I mean, obviously is like Patrick Kane uh, was by far the number one pick and, 
and is going to go into the Hall of Fame. Well, he he sure is not that guy. I mean, you can make the case that there were guys at, taken after the fact that or taken after Patrick that could have really great careers, but it's I don't think it's quite the same. Well, and I'll also say this: I mean, you want to say JVR, and yeah, JVR was you know the curses is that you'd fell from the number one overall. I mean, the Flyers had the worst record in hockey, yeah, and then lost the um, lost the lottery and fell to number two, and then end up drafting JVR. Um, that said. You know, he's been a decent pro. I mean, he's, yeah, he's you know played over almost what seven hundred and fifty games in his career. Yeah, and I, I try and think of that draft. I mean, I was at that draft, and I was trying to think if who else from that draft like that went after like soon thereafter. Obviously, there might have been guys later on who turned out to be great players, but like, I think Voracek was like the next next best player like that's turned out in the nhl at least as far as offense is concerned um maybe maybe i'm trying to remember who else was in that draft um oh uh, logan couture i mean yeah decent player you know but i mean like like really when you really look at that 07 draft i mean it's not like jvr was a bad pick it just was not a strong draft it was well that's all you know, keep the number two overall pick thing going. Uh, how about Evan Turner for the Sixers? That that <laughs> didn't that didn't work out well either. Okay, yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, uh, now that I look it up, David Perron was in that draft. There you well. go. Um, had a good career. Let's try to fly through some of these. I I want to make sure that we're respectful of the people who send stuff in. But yeah, you know, um, Joe Horakovsky says not the storybook ending I was hoping for, but it was a great season nonetheless. Ex- uh, great experience for our super young team. They're ahead of schedule in their development, and they'll be back even better next year. Thanks, Flyers, for an awesome season. A little brightness to a crappy 2020 calendar year. Yeah, that's fair. Michael Moreno says, at least this year, I feel like I'm not lying to myself when I say we'll get them next year. Yeah, and I th- I know that's something that you're going to see a lot of people say. Is, you know, aren't you guys tired of wait till next year, wait till next year? Of course you get wait. You don't win a championship for 45 years. Of course, you get tired of that, right? I mean, ask the Cubs fans how they felt, and the Red Sox fans, and even the Phil- Phillies. Yeah, like that was a long time between, you know, twenty-eight years between championships. Like it, it but there are teams that go through these droughts, and and yep. yeah, this this stinks. Um, but when we were saying wait till next year for the last decade, it wasn't it wasn't good because you were looking at what you were looking at was not a team that you thought could win a championship. I look at this team and I say they're they're close. They're a couple, you know, one or two pieces away from being in the conversation as you know one of the top four or five teams in the league. I, I think that's okay. I think you can. I think Michael's right. You can say, let's. You know, I'm excited about next year because I think that there will be something there. That's fair. Chris Freed says, uh, "Final bubble era prediction. We will look back at this as the high water mark of the AV era with the Flyers." Wow. <laughs> wow. I disagree. I think I think that AV is a really good coach, and I think this coaching staff is a really good coaching staff. I don't think they got out coached. I think the team got, got outworked, outplayed by the Islanders. So, I you don't go you don't go seven games against a coach and against another team and say, "Oh, you were out coached." Yeah. yeah, you just don't. You know what I'm so, saying? Here, you know. 
I said this on a show, I, I, I think a few games ago, and I expressed a little bit of concern based on the fact that, that AV's first year is typically his best. And I think that there is... When you make it... God, what's the best way to put this? When you've spent the entire year calling out your leaders by name, or you've named them to the press, or you've said the top guys have to drive the bus. That works for a year. By And it works as long as you're winning. If you get to year two, and it's the same thing, that message starts to, to grow a, a little bit less impactful. And you start to worry at that point that there, that fractured nature that I think we saw last year between some vets kind of sniping at some of the younger guys and vice versa. You worry that that could start to happen again. I don't know with this, with this team though, with this team, I there's mean, one we, reason that it doesn't happen and it's Kevin Hayes. Well, you if, heard that. If, I mean, if, 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 if how are, close this organ, this, this locker room is, if we're, if we're honest, the reason that maybe it doesn't happen is Kevin Hayes. And, you know, we were very critical of the contract in the beginning of the year. And I think that by the end of it, you know, the end of the contract's not going to be great. But what he brought to that locker room was a cohesion that did not exist last year. He brought a levity that did not exist last year. I, I do wonder, and I worry a little bit, that I don't know how many more cards AV had to play this year to try to get that motivation going. I, yeah, but- I quite frankly don't know if he did. That's when it comes down to Chuck Fletcher now to go and retool well, the roster to make sure that it doesn't have to be something where he's trying to get every drop out and there's nothing left for games. Well, that, that's why you always hear coaches and general managers and even players say every team is different Yeah, from year to year, right? Every team is different. Like So the, the guys that we just saw shaking hands on the ice, they'll never play a, a game together again as that group, right? Yep. There will be changes made to the team. They might just be, you know, small changes, minor tweaks here and there, but there will be changes. So that team won't be the same. Um, and so coaches can go back to old tricks down the road, but it cannot, it cannot become something that's stale. I know what you're saying. Like it, yeah. it can't become something that's stale. So there needs to be a different, a different group next year and when when you see what that group is it's incumbent upon the coaching staff to say okay now how do we manage this group what do we need to say you know to this group or what do we need to say publicly about this group um and you're right i mean you can't keep beating on the same guys so eventually some of these young players are going to become veteran players who might get mentioned in a post-game press conference that the coach needs more out of and we're all going to be like he's never said that about sandheim before yeah but at this point, you know, at that point, Sanheim might be, you know, a player who can take it, who yeah. can take the public criticism. Who knows? I'm just using him as an example. I'm just saying that's what's that's where the coach has to figure out what he's doing, right? And and yeah. and I think that that's the fair. That's where it's fair. Um, and and then you can. I mean, sometimes you can trot some some stuff out. You could trot big boy pants out again. You know, you could trot a few things out like that. Um, you know, but. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, coaches only have so long, 
right? Most coaches don't that last more than a few years. So they only have so long. Um, I, I don't think this is the high watermark. I think there's I think there's better there's a better future for this team. Is AB here beyond his third season? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'll say yes because I think this ownership group is not Ed Snyder and they want to be different than Ed. They they are so the people running this organization from this Ed Snyder position are so caught up in not being Ed Snyder that they may hang on to a coach longer than they should. Yeah. Just to be different than Ed Snyder. That's Dave Scott. That's, that's his MO. I'm not Ed Snyder. That's Dave Scott's MO. And so unless things go really bad with AV, if he's still, if he's getting them to the playoffs year after year and they're good and they're competitive, Dave Scott won't fire. Won't, won't let him go. Okay. Think something would have to go wrong, right? Yeah. So you probs, right? You probs, right? Yeah. All right. Um, major tweak, major tweak from Steve Marchant. He says, uh, I feel the need for speed. Got to work the cap to get Johnny G here. Everybody wants Johnny Gaudreau, and I get it, right? Johnny Hockey's a, a local boy. He's from South Philly, and he fits that mold that you're looking for. Small, fast goal scorer. Yep. He's got, I'll tell you, one of the friendliest contracts that you could ever imagine for a player of his skill. Mm-hmm. Okay? And especially in, a, in an era where you're going to look at a flat cap I mean, he's only, he's making, and I always say, well, he's making six point seven five million. That's cheap for his ability. Okay, he's yeah. the, he's the star player on the Flames, and he's making anywhere from two million to four to almost four million less than stars on other teams. Yeah, he's still only twenty seven. He's under contract for another two years before he hits unrestricted free agency. I don't see the Flames trading him next year. Maybe in 21-22 if they're not competitive. But keep in mind, the Flames were a really good team last year. And you know this year, yeah, they fell back just a little bit, but I think there was a lot of reasoning for that. If Flames go out and get themselves a goalie and you know a little tweak here and there, they're a contender out west again. And I think they're going to want to make at least one more run with Gaudreau before he hits free agency, if not more than that. And I, you know, there's a chance that they re up him too. I mean, so I, I don't see, I don't see the flames moving him. I don't. Okay. Uh, let's go to Edward Smith says, what time does game seven start? <laughs> Snipper flyer. We'll always wonder what could have been had it not been for COVID. At least we got playoff hockey. I think it's a big thing that we have to kind of talk about is there were a lot of, a lot of people who didn't think that this could happen, that it should happen, that it would be possible to try to put together a postseason at all in a professional sport. There were people who ridiculed the NHL for waiting until the last minute to announce which two cities were going to be the hub cities. And despite it all, they, they've had a really successful, successful run as a league. And as much as it might hurt or it might suck that the season's over, 
Imagine how bad it would have felt if the league and the players association hadn't come to an agreement. And imagine if you would have had to go from March till December without hockey and that there had been no resolution to the season that I think would have hurt a lot more than this because that what if of, of what could have happened. I think that would have hurt a lot more than, than seeing the way that this one played out. You're right. You're right on with that. Um, Penny Lynn says, you guys are great. The game sucked. Thanks, Penny. How is this a number one seed? Uh, 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 They weren't Uh, really a number one seed. Just let's just get that out of the way. They're just, they really weren't a number one seed. Tony, uh, Tony X says need to add dynamic players this off season. Uh, No, no offense this postseason. So I know everybody says that you got to add dynamic players. So there's going to be 31 teams in hockey who are going to be looking to add dynamic players this offseason. It's not just the Flyers. So you're competing with everybody, okay? And when you look at the list of unrestricted free agents, like who who teams might try and sign, like it's not that exciting of a list. I mean, the best name on the list is Taylor Hall, right? Yep. Um, and even, you know, even that, you're going to probably have to overpay a little bit. I mean, Mike Hoffman from Florida, He's a goal scorer, right? I mean, there's a guy, but again, he's his cap number was over five million this year. Hall was six. Um, really, beyond that, like what what's out there? So you're going to have all these teams who are fighting for these same players. Um, like I like I liked I mean, I, a guy that if you remember back to February before COVID that we were talking at the trade deadline that I liked a little bit and I thought that Flyers might be interested in was Tyler Toffoli. Ended up going to Vancouver. Uh, didn't really work out there with the Canucks too much, but he's a UFA. Um, you know, does he does he help the team? You know, maybe. Yeah, you know, but I mean, there's not a lot. There's not a lot out there if you're looking for offensive firepower. So you got to hope that it comes from within. Yeah, m- more so than anything else. I mean, I know people don't want to hear that. But you got to kind of hope in a lot of ways that it comes from within. Um, because other than those names like that I just mentioned, you're not getting much. I mean, you know, the big name, the biggest name on the market is probably Petrangelo, uh, the Blues uh, captain who's a defenseman. Um, he's going to be looking for, you know, $7 million a year for five years kind of deal. Um but that's not the need for the Flyers right now. As much as you'd like to add somebody like that, right? Another veteran presence. That's not the decision. That's not where you got to go. So, uh, let's see. Shut up by backup goalie in Game Seven. So disappointing. Well, it, it, it wasn't the goalie that shut them out. I mean, he had Grice hadn't made what three or four nice saves, but Flyers got sixteen shots, man. Yep, sixteen shots. That's. A, it's not good, but B, that's credit to the Islanders' defense, man. Uh, let's see. Joe Horikowski says, uh, I'm mad at you guys for not getting to any second intermission comments. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sorry. Um, look, there's a lot here, and I think I'm going to screenshot them because I think we've been going for a while. Yeah. and I have, there's, I have no more than four minutes, just so you know. There's, there's a lot. I, uh, I got to go play Uber driver for my daughter again. There you go. There's a, there are a lot of really good comments here. I'm going to screenshot them. I want to save these and make sure that we get to them on the next episode of snow, the goalie, which will be next week. 
Um, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't say thank you to everybody who's checked in everyone throughout, throughout the postseason. All the people who have, uh, you know, sent their sent their love, sent their support, all that. Um, we we couldn't and we wouldn't do the show without you. We will obviously keep doing Snow the goalie throughout the uh, the few the next few weeks and and the months to come. And we hope that um, you know, when when the season resumes in December, presumably, hopefully the the outlook on the world and the pandemic and everything will be. A lot better. Hopefully, we will be able to. Let's say this. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. If they're allowed, I'm still not convinced that will be that the there will be fans at the stadium in December. But if they can at least allow what they allow for the Phillies, for example, where the media yep. is present at home games. Yep, I'll be there. I don't know I'll, about you, Russ, but I'll I'll certainly be there. I will be there to and argue we could, with you in and press we, row. As and we could do a press row show from an empty building, but we could do it. We'll absolutely do it. Yeah. Because you know what? It's what the fans deserve. It's what the people deserve. <laughs> the people have been left in the dust for far too long. And by the way, all the frauds, many of the frauds who faked their way through the last week on the occasion they would try to talk about the team, you know they're going to forget. They've already forgotten. They're not going to talk about this team. Well, no, because you got to keep in mind. I mean, you'll get your weekend guys talking about it tomorrow, yes. right? Yep. But your your full time people aren't back on the air till Tuesday. Yep. They may, in passing, say something about it, but they'll be on to the Eagles roster, looking ahead to Week One, and a little they'll do some Phillies because the Phillies are a contender. Yeah. You know, and the Sixers head coach search. Yep. That's it. The Flyers are out of sight, out of mind for most people on terrestrial radio until um, next April. But we'll be here. That's why we're here. We will be here. And uh, I'm excited for, I think, what, what next year is going to bring. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, more I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm excited for what is going to come in the next few months. And like I said before, we had people on during the NHL pause. We honestly kind of expected to maybe get one or two people. We thought that we'd go to like once every other week or once every th- three weeks or something. We kept it going. Yeah. Well then, then, I, then had, I got a, I got a little excited and I started you know, opening up the phone book. You did. <laughs> you did, but I can't blame you. It's okay. And I think we did a nice job. with We, those did, people, right? we, we can probably get a few of them back, uh, yeah. back on the show again, but even, I think, Dave, even Dave Poulin retweeted my tweet today. I don't know if you saw that. How about that? Oh, look at you. Yeah, it's good. Um, but no, I, I think we're going to be doing some pretty great things uh, again in the next few months. And then when the flyer season comes back, December, like I said, hopefully things are, are a little bit better out there. And um, I don't think anything would make you and I happier than uh, getting out again, doing some live shows, meeting some people. Yeah. Talking hockey. It's all about the fans, man. It's all about I've already got some thoughts for next spring. So hopefully by then there's a vaccine or something. We can all get back together. We can go back to some semblance of normal. But until then, we'll uh, you know, we'll just keep doing what we do. Yeah. Maybe we'll even uh we'll put it out there. We'll do like a, a live show, like a press row show thing. We'll do like one a month or something to solicit some questions. There you go. And that, that could be fun. Um, let's get to a few of these. A little uh little patent on the back there. 
and uh, Santilli. You, you could do it all you want. I I've got to go get my daughter. Oh, hold on, you you, you, have, you don't hold on anything. It takes me it takes me ten minutes to get there. Russell Durant says thanks for a great season, guys. Glad we were able to finish it out tonight on a game seven. Future is bright. There you go. Thanks. Get get excited for that. We got a lot. You guys rock. Thank you for the great content. Listen, gonna miss you guys. Hey, we're gonna still be here. Don't forget, do a great job. We're appreciative of all these things. Favorite podcast by far, of course, because it's the only Flyers podcast. Why do people? Yeah, people just and, have a hard and time. with that, I'm out. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks again to everybody. Thanks for checking in. We will be back later this week with a new episode of Snow the Goalie. We'll try to get to as many of the questions, comments, and concerns that were left here from the Press Row Show as possible. But thank you again to everybody who listens, who watches, and um, we'll talk to you soon. And if worse comes to worse, we'll talk to you in December here on the Press Row Show. Thanks again.